1: This episode is made possible by armoire. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out. Listen, I live in Southern California. There is absolutely no need for puffer coats or any sort of those winter jackets. But when I travel anywhere else in the world in these cold months, I'm often burdened with the task of getting winter clothes. And now with armoire, I can just rent my winter wardrobe. It's brilliant. Right now, our listeners can give armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to hundred and $25 off. Just visit armoire.style slash datable. That is armoire.style spelled A R M O I R E dot style slash D A T E A B L E to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. for you. Enjoy the show. The Dateable Podcast is hosted by me, I'm Yue, a former dating coach in New York turned active dater in San Francisco. On each episode, you'll hear commentary by my co-host, Michael Vargas, a fellow dating coach with a clinical psychology background, my producer, Julie Kraftchik, and other surprise co-hosts. Don't forget to check out our next Dateable Live event this Friday, September 30th. We'll be doing another stage version of the dating game with some of San Francisco's most eligible singles. The event will also have free drinks and a giffy booth, courtesy of the lively app. For more information and tickets, head on over to our website at datablepodcast.com and click on events. Our last event sold out, so make sure you get your tickets soon. And here's an exclusive discount for all of our wonderful listeners. It's Hey everyone! Welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show that opens up a candid conversation about dating in San Francisco. So, on each episode, we dissect a dating story, and today we have Nay in the house. Hey, Nay and have We've been chilling. Um, Nay, what's going on? Yeah. What's um, your story? So, so I met my
2: um, boyfriend of two years at the time um, in a rather I would say, unconventional way, I guess. Okay. Um, Love so this. I... Yeah. Yeah, so I was his uh, passenger and he was my Lyft driver. Um, and so it all started, uh, I would say, on a Thursday or a Friday, um, and we were about four or five of us gal pals, and we had gone to a concert. Um, and it was that... Everyone's gone to concerts before. It was that time where there was like a mad rush of crowds exiting the concert. Um, and just not enough modes of transportation to get home. Mm. So long story short, concert ended. We exited. Uh, mad rush to you know call Uber and Lyft. Um, out of all my friends, I think I lived the most west. So I was uh, the designated person to pull up the phone and um, get the app. And what we had discussed was okay, you know it's going to be really. Kind of a hassle for us to get this many lifts or Ubers. So hopefully, let's just pray that our driver who gets matched with us is actually nice enough to let us all pile in his car. Wow. Um, I think it's also important to note that this was back in 2013, right when Lyft um, was just getting popular, um, and you know the social dynamic between drivers and passengers was was yet to fully crystallize. Right. You know there was it was still variable. Um, you weren't sure what the social dynamic was, but you did know that you know, Lyft was out to differentiate itself from, from Uber in a way that it was kind of unspoken, that you would sit shotgun mm-hmm. um, and also have a conversation, of friendly banter with, with the driver, I right. think it's important to note that. Um, so, you know, we all pile into this, this guy's Toyota Camry. It was a pretty Hodunk car, now that I think about it, it was green. (laughs) I remember the back bumper was kind of hanging off. Um, And, but what's interesting is the minute that we got inside his car, um, you know, it was hard to forget because there was like, uh, just an infinite amount of light bulbs and Christmas lights, yeah. This was back when like, Lyft was the, you know, they were trying to differentiate I think they gave driver's creative license to really just jazz up their car. And so we got into (laughs) this guy's car and, you know, instantly he caught our attention. Um, So at the time, you know, we had asked him, hey, there's about six of us are you okay with us cramming five girls in the back, one person in the front? And he's like, yeah, yeah, no problem. You know, I've only been doing this for a couple of weeks, but I'm pretty sure we can, we can make that happen. So I'm crammed. Yeah. So I'm crammed in the back. A couple of my friends are probably sitting shotgun or, you know, laying shotgun. And, you know, one by one, we're dropping each of my friends off. And, you know, we start making our way back to, to my house. And, you know, during that... You said you, you <laughs> making
3: out. <laughs> That's no, what no, I thought too. No, 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 no. <laughs> um,
2: yeah, it was a very innocent conversation. What's, what's, I think what's really interesting is that I remember the conversation extremely clearly, like very clearly. In fact, you know, what we talked about was um, he was brand new to the city. I think he was only a few weeks uh, fresh from overseas. He had moved here, he was overseas for about three years working, Um, and his dream was to start his own electric bike company. And he had selected San Francisco over in New York because he thought, you know, that would be a really prime environment for for that endeavor. Um, So we got to talking about, you know, various topics, a lot of it small talk. But what's interesting is that, like, in a lot of the small moments, I was able to detect his outlook, um, some of his core philosophies, and it, it, philosophies philosophies I myself probably subscribe to. Um, but of course, you know, all this has transpired in just a few moments. It's been 10, 12 minutes. Um, but it's a very, you know, it was a very innocent conversation. It was very surface level to an extent. Um, I just found him to be very articulate. Um, and, you know, I don't know, I'm no expert in, in dating, but I did. F- a little proverbial spark, if you will. Um, And so at this point in time, you know, we pull up to my apartment and this is my cue to exit, you know, the passenger side of the car. And so I'm like, okay, so this is me. And he's like, yeah, that's you. (laughs) And, um, you know, I have this moment where I'm like, so I, I really am taking two risks if I was to, well, basically, let's take a step back. I, I kind of analyzed the situation a minute prior, and I was like, I kind of want to see this guy again. Mm. I find him very interesting. He's had a lot of eclectic experiences. Um, at this point, we don't even know what the protocol is. Is that mm. even allowed or not? Right. Um, so my only option was to ask for his number, um, which is, you know, a bold move in yeah. and in itself. The second is... I've never asked out a guy ever in my life. In fact, I'm probably one of those girls who is a little bit more traditional and prefer to be courted. Um, but I'm also very risk seeking. I have risk seeking behavior outside of you know dating life. So I was like, I'm just gonna go for it. Um, so I did. I basically, you know, didn't look him in the eye. This is all feedback <laughs> that he's telling me later on. Is I, I kind of like cringed a little bit. Did really kind of probably awkward body movements away from him and had asked for his phone number.
1: In what way were your exact Uh,
2: Basically, can I have your number? Wow. Cringe. (laughs) 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 Um, And he looked at me, like he looked me in the eye and he was like, you know, I I don't know if that's allowed. I've never really done this to a point where I'm like F, like this is not going (laughs) to go my way. Um, so there was like a long, you know, pause, um, and ultimately, you know, he pulled up his phone and we exchanged numbers, you know, thereafter we went on a couple of formal dates.
1: Who asked who out?
2: He did. Yeah, it, it was his birthday actually around the corner. And in fact, you know, he invited me to, to meet him up at his birthday, um, at a bar. And we went on a couple of other dates and, you know, the rest is history, but What's interesting about the whole process of meeting him through Lyft is, you know, in different parts of our relationship, Lyft has always somehow, some way, like unexpectedly, been involved in our relationship. What do you mean? So, okay, I guess the the first example that comes to my mind is, you know, how my family found out about him, which was through a passenger of his. Which what? what are the odds that that would ever what? actually happen? Yeah, so we were dating for probably less than a month or about a month, and um, essentially what happened was he had picked up a girl who um, was happened to have been my childhood, my my sister's childhood friend, um, and so you know in a Lyft situation you're just having small talk, and she happened to be from the same town that I'm from in Texas, which it, the town is called Sugarland, Texas. It's it's a very unmemorable suburb with a memorable name. Um, and so he ends up you know, talking to her and says, oh, well, that's so funny that you're from there. My girlfriend's actually from Sugarland. And I find out about this from him and he's like, hey, Nay, uh, I just want to let you know. I don't know if your family's contacted you or your sister, but I picked up you know, one of your sister's childhood friends, and I told her, you know, that I we were dating and that you're my girlfriend. No. News really travels fast with Lyft, word of mouth. And <laughs> yeah, even times after that, like, you know, he would, he was new to the city and he's actually naturally very chatty and, and loquacious. So, you know, he would always name drop me and then I would get text messages from friends who worked in, you know, jobs that I worked at. and be like, hey, I met your boyfriend. and. At one point in time, I had to be like, yo, dude, chill. Let's not start name dropping. This is like becoming an issue. He's got a
1: picture of you in
0: the
2: passenger (laughs) seat. (laughs) Yeah, so that's the story.
1: I mean, I really do believe that people are brought into our lives for a reason. And I think Lyft and Uber have really amplified that, right? When you do a Lyft line or an Uber pool, why is it these people are grouped with you? Yes, it's coincidental and it's... It's a fluke, but at the same time, you can explore those options and say, there's a reason why the universe brought us together. And what's interesting, and I think it's like, I
2: can't tell if it's, you know, dating or if it's the dynamic that takes place between a passenger and a and a driver, but part of me feels that in that ride-sharing environment, oftentimes, in a sense, it's, it's akin to a confessional booth because people mm-hmm. are almost more honest And more uninhibited when um, they actually don't know the other person, the person on the other end of the conversation. You're almost even more honest than you are with someone that you do know, and there's no risk, no strings attached. And in in a sense, you can be even
3: more vulnerable. So you feel like the environment allowed you to kind of pull, put your hair back, and kind of be more relaxed and more yourself when talking to this guy.
2: Yeah, in a sense, I think I I could you know, come to that conclusion is um, he has no information on, on me. It was a straight, clean slate. He doesn't know my my flaws, my weaknesses, my strengths, my quirks. And while we were having very surface level conversations, I was able to collect. And, and all of this is based off of signals.
3: So what you're saying is, is that Lyft needs needs to pivot to a dating app.
2: Oh, we've been saying this for years. Well, I think they kind of have. Have you guys noticed that like, you know, I don't know if this is new, but in the last year and a half or so, they do have a section where you can pull up someone's profile and then you have the option of editing your profile information. I think that was their attempt to test to see, you know, if this could serve a different purpose other than getting someone to move from A to B.
1: Okay. So you said this lasted two years. Mm -hmm. Are you still with him? I am not. You're not. Okay. But two years is a long time. Yeah. And was he a Lyft driver the entire two years? No. he.
2: So he had, um, and this is I learned during the initial conversation with him, was he um, had just moved from overseas. He was working, traveling uh, for three years. And before he started his electric bike company, he had joined Lyft just to take a break from working. Mm-hmm. Um, so he did it about eight to nine
1: months. You guys, maybe I'm ignorant, but is there a stigma to dating your Uber or Lyft driver? Is there a stigma attached to that? Uh, let's be honest. Let's, let's be honest yeah, here.
0: I
3: think, Uber, I think very lightly, but not enough to stop someone from actually doing it.
0: Yeah. So, but Uber feels like, like cab drivers, mm-hmm. where Lyft feels more like ordinary people. Yeah. I think there's still a little bit of a stigma, but I think Uber feels like you're kind of like rocking the cradle or something.
1: Did you feel that stigma?
2: Um, not terribly, but I also go for people that are generally unconventional, so that's probably my um, knee-jerk. However, there is a stigma, and this is information that I collected from him thereafter, because, um, like I said, in the beginning people didn't realize or know how to interact with your driver, and there was a lot of sketchy ways and Uh, I don't even know if I can call it dating, but hookups that would take place. I heard through drivers and passengers on weekends is is what I hear. So um, while our courtship was very, you know, I think innocent, um, those do happen and maybe that's really the stigma.
3: You know, the, the safe word to do that is take me to the marina Safeway
0: yeah <laughs> I actually gave my number once to an uber driver but he was like nothing like really came of it he like did reach out but we never found out but anyways the
3: the thing with this it's it's not it's not just like the uber talk it's about the differentiation and power yeah right? like, like when you are is it is it I think it's more the idea of do you do something like this when someone is serving you yeah. Like when you, when you meet them in a place of service to you, like same question would be like, should I ask the waitress for her phone number? Right, yeah. do, is that part of their policy, right? Things like that. I think that's kind of like the question is like, do we feel comfortable about asking this with people of different power differentials of service?
0: That's a really good point.
2: Service and at the intersection of service and gender roles. Yes, so if it was sure. reversed where, yeah. you know, he was they the passenger
0: no
2: and yeah. I was the driver. I but mean, then there's
0: like this weird, feeling of like, am I stepping out of the boundary? Like you kind of felt it too. Mm -hmm. Like, is it okay that I asked for this guy's number? Cause he is my technically, I'm taking a service from him.
1: I I just find Uber and Lyft are our best hope for meeting people in real life these days. Because we're meeting people at a moment in their life. How many times have you been in Lyft line or Uber pool where someone gets in there like, oh, I just did this or I'm on my way to this. You're like catching them at a moment and they're vulnerable, like you said, and their guards are down. And then if you catch them at the right moment, things could happen, fireworks could happen. I I feel like we should open our eyes up more to these opportunities because you never know who's going to get in.
2: And I think really, (laughs) I really think the takeaway is, you know, lift ride sharing aside. it, It wasn't that I was somehow pursuing and trying to find someone or trying to date him it was more that at that time in my life I I was very open to the idea and that's really the main takeaway is it sounds like the apps people are getting very frustrated or their expectations are not being met with the apps and really what people should be doing and again this is just my own philosophy my own opinion is is to keep your eyes and ears open because you never know what's standing in front of you or sitting next to you or driving. And
1: this is something I do have to say about our our generation. We have the luxury of the sharing economy. It's not just Uber. It's not Lyft. But my friend, my friend met her husband through Airbnb. She hosted him for one weekend. They fell in love and now they're married. You know, I've heard of people meeting each other from like, I got a get around car from someone and then we met in person because he, he ran out of gas or whatever. Yeah. So I think we need to take advantage of the sharing economy. It's great to share. Sharing is caring. Mm-hmm. But we also need to hone in on those opportunities and say, this isn't my opportunity to, to meet someone outside of yeah. my usual network.
3: So, so um, anyway, what what uh what takeaways are you taking away from this?
1: Ah, so me takeaways. I'm going to um call a lift now just to go around the city. I don't need a destination. I <laughs> a I'm circle circle <laughs> this city.
0: Who am I gonna pick up at this lift line? You
1: never know, but I've heard of guys doing that. They go across city and really? they just yeah, they just sit in a lift line because now a lift line and Uber Pool pick up so many passengers you so do that on Saturday night.
0: Let's go to lip.
1: Stern Grove, but on Along the way, just like pick up people. people? Why not? Sounds like a new dating app. I mean, this might be the birth of a new dating app. I mean, I I really think Uber and Lyft should be like, you know, you can swipe through the passengers you could pick up and you can tell your driver not to pick up someone. (laughs) Only the hot men. Only the hot men (laughs) or cool girls that we want on our podcast. Um, What are your takeaways, Michael?
3: Um, I think just like action. Like one of the great things that Nay did was she, even though she was worried, she was scared, she was nervous, she didn't know what to do. She still took action. And she was able to be with someone for a couple of years that it sounds like that overall she enjoyed. Um, And I think a lot of people are scared of that. And there's like so many opportunities for people. And I think that a, they close themselves off and two, they, they are afraid of it. So I think to just open ourselves up more and allow for the possibility of something happen. And that might mean that we get rejected, that things don't work out our way. And it also might mean that you meet someone pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, Yeah. definitely. So the question of the day is, um, uh, Luke wrote in and said, if you meet someone in a professional setting, like at a conference, and you want to exchange info, but want to make it clear that it's beyond professional reasons, How should you go about exchanging contact info? Well, we
0: did a Michael at the mushroom
1: church. You put a mushroom on their cheek and then you guys make
3: out. I think one of the things that uh, happened was, so we talked quite a little, uh, quite a little bit. I don't know what that means. (laughs) We we talked for a little bit. And um, one of the things I said to her is like, hey, you know, uh, in the next session, do you have a seat next to you? I'd love to sit next to you. Uh, And she said, yeah. And I think that there's just whatever you can start doing to start shifting it from business to shifting it more towards interests of the person. And I think going in that direction helps it to then later on, if you wanted to continue the relationship in that way, you already set the tone early.
1: Okay. So you're saying plant the seed.
3: Yeah, plant the seed. And, you know, if you feel that's the direction that you want to go with someone, I'd say just go in that direction as opposed to keeping it professional and all of a sudden going for like a bait and switch if that's not what you want, like, go with what feels just more of what you want from the relationship.
1: Nay, do you have Um, I think it has less
2: to do with what you say and the content and more to do with signals. Mm. Because human beings, I feel like, communicate in a lot of different ways other than the words that they say. So if I was at mm-hmm. a conference um, and, you know, obviously your mindset is professional, professional, professional. But, you know, if I wanted to send a signal to someone that I was interested in more than just professional, you know, I would probably try to send some more signals, more like body language, um, ask about his interests outside of work, Mm -hmm. um, which again is, I guess that's content, but it's more about your body language and maybe touch his arm or... um, Something like that, so it's, it's less about the professional and, and more about, are
1: they getting, am I sending the right vibes? Um, I would say, in, uh, when you exchange info, don't give your card. Because I feel like giving a card first just signals, it's for professional reasons. So if someone were trying to give me their card and I wanted to go beyond professional level, I would say, how about we exchange phone numbers? Just to be more blunt.
3: I got another one too. Um, go on a walk. I actually dated someone from another conference. I forgot and I just remembered. And one of the, one of the things we did was, it was like at a beautiful pier. So I was like, hey, do you wanna go for a walk? And she said, yes. And we went on a walk and that like shifted it to more like organic natural conversation versus business oriented stuff.
1: Yeah, Michael is, is, he's a predator at these conferences. He doesn't even go to the conferences. Like, he's like, what is this conference for? So if you are at a conference and someone tries to put a mushroom on your face or ask you to go on a walk, you've been attacked by Michael Vargas. That's just, I'm just saying that now.
3: Those are the lessons that I want to provide for this world, and you're all very welcome. So, folks, remember that uh, you can submit your stories at any time. Um, And remember that we can always keep you anonymous. No one needs to know your real name. We protect the innocent and those surrounded by you. And UA, I think we have two final words that we'd like to say. What are those again? Stay dateable.
1: Here's your action item for this week. Next time you're in a Lyft line or Uber pool, start a conversation with the other passenger or your driver. You never know where that conversation will take you. The most efficient way to meet new people is a combination of online and offline. 500 Brunches has your offline covered. Connect over brunch with new friends. Come alone or bring a buddy. There's always a table full of friendly faces, mimosas, and eggs Benedict. Sign up at 500 brunchescom and use the code DATEABLE for a free entry. To connect with us, visit dateablepodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all under Dateable
0: Podcast.